something that every Christian needs. And that's God's guidance. It, it, came, it can come to you in several different ways. The first, of course, being by the Holy Spirit. You would take your Bible and turn with me to Acts chapter 16. Now our text begins with verse number 6. While you're turning there, I'll go ahead and tell you this. I had planned on starting a sermon series today on Psalm 23. But that was the problem. I have decided. And that's not what God decided. God said, no, you missed it. This is what I want. So this is where we're here today at. In Acts chapter 16, beginning with verse number 6. We found it. I ask if you would to stand as we honor God at the reading of his word today. <coughs> it says, Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mycenae, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Father, we thank you, Lord, for showing us how we need to listen to your guidance. That still, small voice within us that speaks to our hearts, Lord. Because, God, we don't want to get off track. We want to serve you the best that we know how and the best that we can through the power of your Holy Spirit. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Today's message is entitled, God's Guidance. You know, most of the time, the whole, I believe on that occasion when he wanted to go into that one country and the Spirit forbid them to go in there, and then he tried to go in that other city and it forbid them to go in there, I think it was by the inner prompting of the Holy Spirit. It might have been by prophetic utterance. Somebody may have given one. But I think if that had happened, somebody would have recorded it. I think it would have been in the Bible. But you know, the inner, the, a lot of times the Holy Spirit nudges us from the inside of our spirit. He, he makes sure that we know what is his direction versus our own direction. And so we've got to be listening to that still, small voice. And you know, like for instance, I'll give you a for instance. One day I was going to do something that I thought was a good idea. And you know, let me say this. Did you know there's a difference between a good idea and a God idea? It has to be led of the Spirit of God if it's going to succeed. Anyways, I had a good idea, I thought. It wasn't anything sinful. It was what I consider to be probably helpful. But you know, for some reason, God's Spirit wouldn't give me a piece of that. He wouldn't say, go ahead and do it. He wouldn't say, oh, you're right, this is what I want. Instead, he put a, he squashed that idea and gave me a better one in its place. And I ended up doing that instead. And you know what? It worked out a lot better than it probably would have had I gone with my own idea. So what we need to understand today is this, folks. That there's that inner prompting whenever you're, and especially when you're tempted, especially when you're tempted, because you can't be at peace 
thinking about sinning if you're a born-again Christian in Christ Jesus, being led by the Holy Spirit. If that's you today, then you can't be comfortable with the idea of going ahead and sinning when you know it's wrong. Because the Spirit of God... Yep, starting to rain again. Uh, did y'all have your windows rolled up? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Amen, we do. Uh, so anyways... There's that inner prompting that the Spirit will move on you. And just like the day that I was, my wife and I were pregnant with Becky, and it was getting near the time for her to deliver, and we were at the hospital, and actually the baby had already been born at the time. The baby had already been born. Becky had already been born. She had a hole in her lung. We were praying for her. Anyway, there was this hospital parking lot that you did not want to give up your spot if you had a good one because somebody else was going to swoop in. <coughs> so I decided, well, I want to go go eat somewhere, but I don't need to be someplace close by. So I went to this restaurant. It was a fish place. I thought, I like fish. So I went in. I need the microphone. I keep forgetting to take that up. Praise the Lord. Amen. And my sound man says, Amen. You know, we've got to understand that inner prompting of the Spirit, as I said, because when I went into that restaurant, I was so hungry, I didn't even notice my surroundings. I didn't notice what kind of an establishment it was. I didn't notice what the waitress was wearing or anything else. Anyway, I sit down in this place to order and the waitress comes over and I didn't even look at her so I still didn't know what she had on or what she looked like so I made a, went ahead and made my order and, and then after a few minutes I heard this talk going on and laughing going on at the table next to me and I turn, turns out they were starting to trust in anything so anyway that's what kind of attracted my attention so I looked over at them and they were having a good time apparently they thought anyways and they were cutting up and carrying on and cussing like a sailor and anyways uh, then the waitress come back over to fill my water up and when she did I got a look at her and she was wearing these Daisy Duke shorts with the cut off top and showing more than what she should have and then I decided I don't need to be in this place. This is where I would have hung out had it been in the old me. But this is the new me, and I don't need to be in this place. So I went ahead and I hollered back over my shoulder. And I said, make my order to go, please. And they did, and I never went back to that place. I tell you, if you've got to be careful about what you allow yourself to become involved with, what you allow your eyes to see and what you allow your ears to hear and, and you know because it's important that we don't just turn ourselves over to the devil that we allow the Holy Spirit to continue to work inside of us to change us into who he wants us to be and so we need him to guide us and direct us and we, he does that through the inner promptings of the spirit 
And I would encourage you to listen the next time that the Holy Spirit speaks to you. If you wonder if it's you or if it's God, think what would be the best result. Because if it's if it's going to help you out in the long run by listening to that inner voice that's inside of you, then chances are it is God. Because he only wants what's best for you. So I would encourage you to listen to that still, small voice. And let him speak to you. And, and then obey what he says. Because it's not going to do you much good if you listen to him, but then choose to do something different. You've got to obey that inner prompting of the Holy Spirit inside of you. You've got to obey that voice. And when you do, you're going to find out that your life is so much better than what it could have been had you not listened to it. And so we need to listen to that still, small voice inside of us. It's like the prophet did that day. And so we need to understand today, folks, that the Spirit of God wants to communicate to you the will of God. And whenever he does, we are to obey what he says. <coughs> There's another way that God speaks to us. And that's through his word. Let's turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse 105. I hear pages rustling. I'll give just a moment to let you get to it. Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, it's important that we know God's word. It will guide your steps and show you the path that you are to walk on. Because there's many different paths out in the world today that you could get on and start to walk on. But none of them lead to, to God except through Christ. So we've got to be sure that we're listening to the right voice. We've got to be making sure that we listen to the inner promptings of our spirit, the spirit talking to our spirit, and we need to be sure that we're on the right path, the right place to be walking. Because, because otherwise, we get further and further away from God. You know, that's what happened to me when I was out in the world was I decided I wanted to do my own thing. And so the only voice I was listening to was myself. And I would do exactly what I wanted to do, as long as it didn't interfere with the rights of others. And so, and nobody would say anything to me, because the world isn't going to correct the world's behavior. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. But you know, we were out, I was out one, someplace one time, and my decision got me in big trouble. I ended up getting arrested that night. But you know, whenever I got through with the law system, God began dealing with me. And he began showing me that wasn't the right path to be on. And I needed to come home to him. Which is what I ended up doing that night. <clears throat> but what I'm saying is, is this. That whenever you're listening to yourself, it's going to take you further and further away from God. 
because the voice I had been listening to for all those years that my mom had been praying for me was myself. And I was trying to fit into the world. I, I wanted friends more than I wanted God's favor. And so I found myself getting further and further away from God to where the, the night that I actually came back to God, I had to have a road map just to get me back to him. I mean, I was so far from God. But you know what? There's a song I hear singing sometimes on the radio. It says, how far will your love go? In other words, how far will it reach out to me? It'll reach out as long, far and as long as it needs to. But we've got to be willing to obey that voice when it comes. We've got to turn around. We've got to make our choices more wiser than what, we, what got us into that situation to start with. Because whenever we do, God's going to help us out. He's going to take care of us. He's going to put our feet on the right path. And we can walk in the ways of righteousness and holiness and peace and joy. And all of those other things that God wants to bestow upon us and to give us. He wants to bless us more than we want to be blessed, as a matter of fact. But we've got to do things God's way. He's not going to barter with you. I don't know if you know the word barter or not, but that means that I give you something in exchange for something else. That's not the way God works. You don't barter with God. And, and God knew that, and I know that. But that night that I gave my heart back to Jesus, I said, Lord, if you just get me out of this Republican intoxication, just that, I'll give my life back to you. It sounded like I was trying to bargain. But God knew my heart, and he knew that's not what I was trying to do. And so, therefore, he gave, he, that's all I ended up with was Republican intoxication that night. And I can give you further details after service if you're interested. Anyways, my point being is, is that we need to allow God's word to change us into who he wants us to be. And whenever he came to me that night, I allowed him to change me. And I haven't been the same since. Am I perfect? No. Not by any stretch of the imagination. I might my wife will tell you that. <laughs> but, but, you know, I am not the person I used to be. And that's the main thing. You'll be changed little by little, but you'll be changed by God's power and grace and through his mercy. And whenever he gets through with your life, he may call you home. And if he does, you'll know where you're headed. That's what we're talking about tonight. I remember a scene from a movie I watched yesterday, and this guy asked his captain of the firehouse, he says, do you know where you're going? He says, yeah, I'm going to my office. And he says, no. He said, do you believe in heaven and hell? And he said, I don't know. He said, but me and you both know that even if you don't agree with me, Michael is the real deal. In other words, he was a Christian acting like one of God. And so what we need to do is understand the fact that God wants us to portray Jesus Christ in all that we do and say. And everything that we in, in our life that needs to be glorifying God. And if it's not, then we need to change. God doesn't need to change. We need to change. And God, God needs to have that opportunity <coughs> to change us. We've got to be willing to submit to him and to his word and say, Lord, whatever it takes. If you need help with forgiveness, 
Ask God. Pray and ask God to help you to be a forgiving person. If you need to be able to love people better, same thing. Ask God to help you to love people better. Whatever you have need of, God will provide it. He wants you to be just like his son, Jesus Christ. So that means that whatever he was, he wants you to be. If you have a hard time praying, like finding enough time to pray, or whatever the case might be, then God, ask God to provide opportunities for you to pray and to give you the words to speak. You know, it doesn't have to be an eloquent, long prayer. All it has to be is from the heart. You know, every time that my dad prays, most of the time you're going to keep hearing him say, Gracious Heavenly Father. And then he'll say something. Gracious Heavenly Father. And he'll say something. Gracious Heavenly Father. In other words, he keeps repeating that phrase over and over again. There's nothing wrong with that. It's giving God glory. Praise God. And so that what I'm saying is, is that or it may be our dear Heavenly Father. But anyways, either way it goes, it's the same thing. And what I'm trying to get across is this. Just pray what's in your heart to pray. And when you do, your life will change. God will take his word and he'll begin to infiltrate your heart with it. And infiltrate your life with it. And all of a sudden, you'll begin to be a different person in that area of your life. And you'll wonder how it happened. But you know what? You'll know it's God. So I would encourage you to allow yourself to be led by the Holy Spirit and those inner promptings within you, or prophetic utterance if it's given, or whatever the case might be. Maybe it's external circumstances you're facing. Whatever the case might be, you need to be listening and observing those things. And the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. And just like the Word of God, it'll lead you and guide you. You got to make you got to make plans to follow the word of God at all costs. Whatever it says you do, you live like it tells you to live. You say what it tells you to say. Whatever the case might be, you adhere to it and allow the Lord's word to govern your life and to take charge over you. So I would encourage you to do that this morning if you're not already doing it. There is one final way that God wants me to share with us about how God's guidance comes to us, such as through visions and dreams. Let's go back to Acts chapter 16. And let's read verses 8 through 10. So passing by Mycenae, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to him. You know, God always has a purpose for anything he does in he doesn't just sit up there wondering, saying to himself, well, I think I'll go have him chase his tail for a little while. Just like a dog does, you know. <coughs> it, that, that's not the way God operates. He's got a purpose and a plan for everything he asks us to do. And it's always going to be a good thing. It's going to end up in a good result. 
Now, on the way to getting it fulfilled, it may not always be easy. But as long as you have that peace in your heart, knowing that it's God, he wants you to follow his direction. I'll give you a quick example. This wasn't a vision, but it was something that I knew and my wife knew that God wanted us to do, and that was to go to a little town in West Texas called Walls. It had maybe a 2,500 population of cats, dogs, and everything. I mean, it was small. And, and I was only guaranteed $100 a month in salary. Not a week, a month. And, and but I did, would get a harshness to live in. But even that, that was a problem, I'll tell you in just a minute here. But anyway, that was going to be the, the package. They would pay for our utilities and give us a place to live and $100 a month. Unless I wanted to uh, clean the church and mow the yard, and then they'd give me an extra $2,500. So I decided I'd do that too. Well, when my wife and I first got there, we didn't know much of anything other than what we knew both both knew that God had told us to do. And my parents and her parents were against it from the get-go, saying that can't be God because there's not enough money to survive. But we knew it was, so we went. And then within a week or so after getting there, we found out that they were looking for a <coughs> Spanish teacher at the high school there in Rawls, which was just a hop, skip, and a jump from the church where we were living. Well, we weren't living. Well, we did. We lived in the church itself for the first six months of our pastor's time, believe it or not. And that was okay at first. They did have a shower for us. It only had cold water. And during the summer, it was okay. That felt good. But when it turned into winter, <laughs> you wanted in and out as soon as possible. So anyways, uh, they finally did get the parsonage fixed up to where we could move into it. And we got moved in. But for the first six months, we were in the uh, Sunday school. But what I'm saying is, is that sometimes something really doesn't look like it could be God, but it is. And because once my wife went and interviewed for that job at the school, she got it. And that's how God provided for us when we were there. So you see, you can't just go by surface level of things. If you feel that peace inside your heart, you've got to obey God, whatever he tells you to do. So anyways, this vision, though, that he was given had to do with sharing the gospel message. And he goes and he does that, him and his group that was with him. And that's what I'm saying is, is that whenever God has something for you to do, he's got a plan and a purpose in it. And that's why he wouldn't allow them to go into these other cities, because that wasn't his will. His will was for them to be going to Macedonia. Just like if we had waited on God a little bit longer at one church we were at, I think we would have heard God's voice a little bit better to us. Because I think we moved out of God's will whenever we went to a place in Louisiana called Angie. We, we were only there four short months, and I ended up being asked to resign. And I did, because I was, me and the board just couldn't get along. And so I resigned. But... Had we not been in such a rush to move into that situation, if we had waited a little bit longer, we might have been still in God's will when the next church he wanted us to pastor was. 
And we eventually got here, and we're glad to be here, and we know this is where God wants us to be, and God is a good God, and he's got his plans for this church, and we're looking forward to him fulfilling these plans. Amen? Amen. Amen. Anyways, that was the vision that I wanted to share. But now there's also a dream. Turn to Matthew chapter 1. This goes into what I was saying earlier. If you're in between a rock and a hard place trying to decide what to do. Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 18, says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found the child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make a public make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, <coughs> saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people. From their sins. So this was told to him when he, he was betwixt a rock and a hard place, trying to decide what to do concerning his betrothed wife. But you know, when you've got a, a decision to make, God will give you that decision, that answer that you need, whatever it happens to be. It doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter what it's about. If you haven't a decision that needs to be made and rather quickly the Holy Spirit will go ahead and tell you what your answer should be in this matter. He will. He will tell you what you should do. But now you've got to be willing to abide by that decision because it may be that you want to do such and such and the Holy Spirit saying saying no, that's not a good idea. Let's not do that. He might be saying no to it and you're wanting to say yes to it. And if your yes overweighs his no, then you'll go ahead and do it, but you'll pay for it, just like we did when we moved to Angie. So what I'm saying is, is that we, we not only lost our church there, but we lost our house that we were moving into. Not We weren't buying it, we were renting it. And the landlord asked us to move out as well. I don't know if it was because we lost the church or what, but anyways... We had, had lost both those things. But that was all because of our own stupidity. All because we chose to say yes when we should have said no. And so what I'm saying is, is that if the Holy Spirit is telling you no, listen to that and don't do it. Let the Holy Spirit guide you in direction. Let the Word of God guide you in direction. And let visions and dreams guide you in direction. Because like I said, it may be that God will give you a dream about that situation that you're facing. But when he does, you've got to be willing to abide by his decision. There's another place that I wanted us to take a look at as we're about to close out. It's in Matthew chapter 2. Beginning with verse 13. 
says, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word for Herod, word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. And she was there until the death of and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Let's read verses 19 through 23. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, of saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought for the young child's life were dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came out, came into the land of Israel. But when he had heard that Archaeus was reigning over Judea, instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God, he turned aside into the region of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in the city of Nazareth. And might be fulfilled, which was spoken of by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. So in both of these cases, God was sparing the life of his son, Jesus. And because he gives him full warning that this is about to happen, so you need to get gone. Pack up things and go as soon as you possibly can. And so that's what, what they did. The thing is, do we always listen to the Lord? I don't think so. At least I don't know that. But I do know that I've listened to him nine times out of ten. Because I know that it's going to be the best thing for me. Even if it's not something that I want to hear. So let's, let's let the Holy Spirit guide and direct us. Through the Holy Spirit, through the Word of Conference, through the, Holy, through the Word of God, uh, doing what it told us to do. Unless, and if God gives you a vision or a dream, pay attention to it. Because God will give you the interpretation to that vision or dream, just like he did with Paul, and just like he did with Peter in another situation. So we need to understand the day, folks. We need God's guidance. If we're going to make it through this life and into the world to come and, and heaven above, we've got to be listening to the Holy Spirit. And we've got to be obeying the Word of God. And doing what he tells us to do. Hallelujah and our confidence. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today, God, for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for guiding us and directing us by his power, by his spirit. We thank you, Lord, that by your word you direct our steps. We thank you, Lord, that through vision and things you so desire, you direct us as well. There's so many different avenues and ways. That you can direct us, Lord, even through the advice of others, Lord. So, God, help us to be attentive to you, to listen to you, to listen to the inner promptings of your spirit. And, Father, we thank you and we praise you that these things are done, that we'll be led of the Spirit of God in all that we do and say. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. At this time, before we dismiss, I'm going to ask if there's anyone here today or anyone by Facebook would like to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, to pray this simple little prayer after me. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father,
I thank you for your son Jesus. I thank you for your son Jesus. I thank you that he died. I thank you for he died. On the cross for my sins. On the cross for my sins. I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus. That you would forgive me of my sins. That you would forgive me of my sins. And to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Help me, Lord. Live this day, live this day for, you. for you and all of the days after. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank y'all. I pray that if you did accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior <coughs> today, that you will go ahead and find a place to be call your home as far as the church goes. I would love it to be here. We are here from at uh, 10 30 on sunday mornings at six o'clock on sunday nights the sunday school begins at 9 30. we'd be love to have you we're located at 201 west royce boulevard that's where most people seem to pronounce it royce it's spelled r-e-u-s-s though but anyways we'd love to have you and we will we love y'all. We appreciate y'all so much. God bless. We'll see you next time.